Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast, where we help you get clarity, build skills, enhance your character, curate your environment, take daily massive action, and develop a positive mindset. Join our community by heading over to workwithtimmydouglas.com and get our free book and list of questions that will help you build an impactful and purposeful life. Enjoy the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Brad White, who is the COO at VARC Solutions. Brad, how are you doing? Doing fantastic, Kelly. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Well, you know, what I like to do for fun is uh, what a lot of people would consider painful. So <laughs> <laughs> I do uh, I do a lot of working out. I do a lot of cycling, uh, running, not as much swimming, but basically I, I like to do triathlons a lot. So uh, that has me has me pretty, pretty active. I gotcha. I gotcha. When did you start doing triathlons? You know, I did. I started out probably um, back in 2015, 2016. I had, you know, I had been cycling for a little bit. And then a friend of mine was like, Hey, you know, if you, if you just started running, you're almost, you're almost, you know, doing triathlons. And I was uh, not the biggest fan of running. (laughs) It's, it's, it's actually pretty challenging for me in general, but, um, but I've kind of gotten into it, gotten used to it. And, uh, and then, and then eventually added swimming. So one of those things I kind of just fell into it, but it's something that I like to do. Yeah, man, I feel you. I am uh, actually doing a marathon here, the Austin Marathon in February, and I'm not a runner. I like lifting weights. That's all I like doing. But, um, you know, some guy challenged me to run a marathon, and I don't really back down from a challenge if it's reasonable. Like, if somebody challenged <laughs> me to, like, go peak Mount Everest, I'm not really going to take six months off of my life to go peak Mount Everest. But running a marathon, I figured it was going to be uh, it was easy enough. And so now I'm committed to a marathon, but I hate running. you could have just said no i could (laughs) have next time i think i will i think i'm coming around to the like life isn't a testosterone battle (laughs) so it's okay to just say no to stuff um but anyway running running's a running's a bit challenging in fact it's interesting you know i uh my wife was a runner before i ever got into running and she had already run like two half marathons before i ever ever ran even a 5k Mm -hmm. and so um you know, but just like a lot of people who get into running, you know, you try too much too fast and then you get injured and then it's, you know, it's off and on recovery for years. And so I've, uh, I've been through that as well. And, uh, but thankfully you've been able to push through it, but Hey, I'm, I've, the, the longest I've ever run is 13.1 miles. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I cross that finish line, I'm like, All right, I'm done. It's good. It's good. I'm also not going to be super intense on the marathon. Like I, in my head growing up, I thought when you ran a marathon, you had to run it fast and you could not walk. And that is not the case. I'm going to be hitting a 10 to 12 minute pace and I'll walk intermittently and I'll be okay. (laughs) So it's, it's crazy, man. Uh, I mean, so I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm signed up for a marathon myself. I've never run one officially. So I'm planning on doing, uh, there's one in Fort Worth and also one in Dallas at the end of the year, like November, December. And so I've, I've, I've signed up for that. Um, but yeah, it's like you're, you're out there running and you're like, I don't know if it's, if it's just ego or, you know what, but it's like, I just, I, you, you can't stop. It, it no. can't, it's not official no. if you stop. No, no. 
the whole run walk method is is has has gotten a lot of people across the finish line. So you know you got to do what you got to do. Yep, exactly, exactly. Well, cool. Tell us a, a bit more about VARC Solutions. What do you guys do, and what do you do there? Yeah, good question. I mean, so from a business perspective, we are uh, we're a, we're officially what is called a QuickBooks solution provider. So we do all things QuickBooks. Um, and for uh, a lot of our clients, that's basically just book, bookkeeping, right? We do bookkeeping for uh, small, medium-sized clients around the country that just need help cleaning up, catching up, reconciling, you know, just kind of like routine stuff. Um, we also are a little bit unique, I think, in the in the space in that we also build solutions on a platform called QuickBase. Um, everything we do is kind of somewhat revolves around Intuit and QuickBooks. And so QuickBase was a a product that was created by Intuit a long time ago. Um, now it's kind of a separate company, but think of uh, think of Microsoft Access in the cloud or Salesforce.com as a platform. Uh, QuickBase is a kind of like a similar platform that you can really build any kind of custom solution on, business process solution on, and so we develop solutions on on that QuickBase platform, and uh, and. And then really just help integration, right? So we integrate QuickBase and QuickBooks with different things, whether it's a you know a sales tax solution, an inventory solution, you know what have you. And so, um, so that's kind of what we do as a business. And then my my specific role is our owner is a lady named Robin Hall, and she is a she's a QuickBooks guru. She's been around um, in the business for for a long time, and I I basically was brought on. Uh, to help basically build the business, grow the business, um, help with systematizing, operationalizing, you know, working with the staff, hiring, firing, doing all the, you know, all the hard people stuff yep. and uh, ultimately really just helping grow the business. I gotcha. I'm curious, do you guys ever do bookkeeping for companies that are about to uh, either sell or prepare to sell? Because I heard that bookkeeping like mm -hmm. based on how clean your books are, you could get more or less for your company. For sure. And in, in fact, I can kind of give you two two data points on that. Um, one is, yes, uh, we do a lot of cleanup work. So people that have tried to do books on their own, they, they've had their mother-in-law doing the books. They've had their brother, sister's cousin's boyfriend doing the books. Um, and, and a lot of times, you know, these people aren't really you know, formally trained bookkeepers or accountants. And, um, and so either the books get um, kind of messed up, you know, because they're not doing it right, or they just stop doing it, right? And, and now you're looking at this thing six months later, 12 months later, and the bank, bank account hasn't been reconciled. Um, yeah. And so, so a lot of companies do actually come to us, uh, one, to help clean up and catch things up, mostly for the benefit of continuing operations, um, but we have had a lot of companies that that are in that scenario where, yeah, they're 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 in chats with with investors or they know that they're about to be, and they're like, uh, this is not going to work. <laughs> we need to get this thing a uh, little bit more up to stuff uh, up to snuff. So we do a lot of that kind of work. Um, but but I'll but I'll, I'll flip that around actually and just talk about it in, in reverse. Um, we've actually talked with a number of other companies that that we've looked to acquire. You know, because that's one way you grow a business is by acquiring other bookkeeping firms. And um, and to your point, some of the ones that we haven't acquired, uh, partly because they couldn't prove consistency in their P&L. They couldn't prove that they actually had recurring revenue. They couldn't prove 
um, you know, that they had a growing business and because their financials just weren't in, you know, a shape to, to demonstrate that. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So do you have a lot of experience with heading up the mergers and acquisitions side of the firm or is that somebody else's purview? You know, it, it's been primarily me, but but I but I don't want to take all the credit. I mean, it really has been pretty much a team effort. Like, um, so for, for example, uh, Robin and I, you know, it's part of what we chat about. You know, when we talk about how to grow the business, but when we have opportunities like that come 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 um, come up to uh, you know in front of us, you know, I'm usually doing a lot more of the initial conversations hey what could this look like you know what are you trying to get for this business you know just having some of those conversations um but once it gets down to the point where it's like okay we're we're serious about this uh R robin's the owner right so it's her money <laughs> that is going towards it so she's very involved um and and our staff would 100 percent say that they're involved too because you know once we once you get into that process where you said okay we are moving forward with this acquisition. Uh, now it's like, okay, great. What are we going to do with all these clients? Yeah. <laughs> who's going to Who's going to do the work? Um, yeah. So there's just a lot of work that goes into, you know, um, having conversations with potential clients. You know, is there price parity? Is there, you know, is the services that we can offer the same as what they were getting? I mean, there's so much work that goes into it. It's uh, it's pretty complicated. Yeah. Yeah. And are you guys buying books of business or are you also buying the employees and the infrastructure? You know, mostly it's been um, buying the clients, basically buying the book of business. Um, and really, I think it's partly just that's how it's turned out. You know, it's kind of like we've the, the couple that we've done, we've primarily, you know, got the clients because the the owner that had the clients initially you know, they were either moving into a different career, maybe where they were looking to be a full-time employee of another company, um, or they were continuing to run their business, but they were just trying to focus on a certain subset of their clients, not all of their clients. So they were basically offloading some that maybe weren't quite as much of a fit in terms of where they wanted to move in the future. So in that case, it was more client-focused. Uh, we've had a couple of conversations with, with other firms that were open to like, hey, I don't want to just sell my clients. I actually want to bring my clients with me. And for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked. But we've been, you know, that's that's one, we're open to that. But the second part, it's, it's kind of interesting is that, you know, you, you start talking with a business owner um, that's, whether they've been in business for, you know, uh, five years, 10 years, 15 years, and now they're potentially becoming an employee. It's like, well, when I hire employees and we, we interview them, we vet them, right? We talk about what's your skills, what are your, you know, what skills do you have, you know, and we give them tests to see if they're good at stuff. And that's a little harder to do with an owner. You yeah. Know? It's like, hey, you know, go through our, you know, do our behavioral profile and, um, you know, take this test to see if you really know QuickBooks as an example. So, uh, yeah, it, just, it hasn't worked out, but it's, uh, it's definitely an option for folks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There we go. I was going to ask something else. Oh, it was about lead generation. Are you guys cold calling these business owners, sending out direct mail, ads, affiliates, networking, referrals? How are you getting your leads? For, for like the, like the M&A stuff? Uh, or general? Actually, 
both. I want to hear both M and A stuff and in general as well. So probably more more relevant for for general audience is probably the just the the, the general marketing kind of stuff. But I'll I'll, I'll start with the M and A side. But so like for example, in the industry, um, we're pretty well known. Um, we go to all the you know, the QuickBooks conferences where there's thousands of people there and there's accounting professionals and then there's CPAs and tax preparers and bookkeepers. And so just the fact that we've been in the industry um, as long as we have, um, you know, we have a lot of conversations with people and, you know, you're sitting there at a bar or you're sitting there, you know, having, having coffee at one of these conferences and somebody starts saying, yeah, I'm so, you know, tired of this, you know, I'm looking to retire, you know, or whatever, and, and that's usually when those kind of conversations just sort of happen organically. You know, it's like, well, did you know that we're open to chatting about that kind of stuff? And it's like, oh, really? I had no idea. And then, you know, now we're now yep. we're down the path. Yep. So that's generally how it's worked for us. It hasn't been like, it hasn't been one of those types of things where we're out marketing the fact that we do this or would like to do this. Um, it has just been kind of having those organic conversations. Um, on the, you know, the Legion start, you know, stuff, that's a hard one. Cause you know, we're a quote unquote, small, medium sized company and, and every small and medium sized company out there has the same problem. It's right. It's, how do you get leads? Yeah. Um, how do you get people calling you? How do you people get people to respond to your phone calls and emails and things like that? I will say, um, I will say as a business, we, we don't do cold calling, you know, we don't do, um, you know, we don't we don't buy lists and just call people at random and say, hey, by the way, you know, would you like to have a bookkeeper? Right. Uh, we don't do that, um, but we do a lot of marketing. OK, we do a lot of marketing. So, you know, we're on the the primary channels, I guess, historically. Right. LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, things like that. Um, but we're consistently beating the drum of, hey, this, these are the types of things that we do for clients. And so. Thankfully, and again, we've been in the we've been in business for 24 years, so we do have a, a pretty good organic type of connection, if you will, out there for people that are searching for QuickBooks, bookkeeping, QuickBooks solution yep. provider, what have you. Um, so thankfully, you know, people call us, uh, people email us, so we've got more coming in than uh, you know, based on just our, our just the the ongoing business that we've got and the marketing we have, um, client referrals, things like that. So we haven't really had to go out and, um, you know, officially, I don't know what you call it. We haven't done like Google AdWords or you know, anything where we're paying to get traffic. Oh, so LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, those are all kind of organic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just just posting on there. Um, and it's not like we've got a, a, you know, a million followers on any of those yeah. platforms. Um, but, you know, we're consistently, you know, posting on there to say, hey, here's an article on, you know, sales tax. Here's an article on, you know, payroll HR compliance because, you know, we've got payroll solutions and we've got inventory solutions. And, you know, so we're just continuing to try to educate, um, educate the world, you know, through our channels. And, you know, hopefully people are seeing that and going, hey, I'll call the experts. Yeah. Yep. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Man. Yeah, it's amazing to me how elusive marketing is because it's like and so many businesses just do it so differently and just work on that kind of relationship basis at scale. 
which is yeah. interesting when you're kind of on the outside of a business or you're an employee and you're kind of on the ground level, you don't realize how important that kind of reputation and relationship is to businesses, but it's it's the foundation of those small, medium businesses for sure. Well, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you just a few of the things kind of riffing off kind of what you just said. So we, we just had a, we just had an in-person conference uh, this last week. Uh, it was a two day conference uh, that we hosted in our, in our hometown uh, in South Houston. And, and we invited some of our partners in. And so we've got, I don't know, right now we've got like 215 uh, partners that are, that are under our umbrella as Intuit resellers. And, um, and so they're small, medium-sized companies, they're fellow bookkeeping companies, they're fellow, you know, CPA firm, you know, tax firms, things like that. And during this conference, one of the things we chatted about was um, marketing, right? And, and so, for example, we went out and looked at uh, the attendees' websites and we said, you know, hey, are you communicating that you can do these five different things, right? Or um, when was the last time you posted a blog on your blog? You know, when was the last time you posted on your social channels? And and what's surprisingly simple in terms of what we discovered is that number one, the big takeaway for me at least, people aren't going to call you if they don't know what you do. Um, yeah. You know, if you say, "Hey, I can do X," but you also can do these three other things, but you don't actually say that on your website anywhere. You know, you don't say that on your marketing materials anywhere. People are not going to just randomly say, oh, by the way, can you also do X? No, they're not. They're, they're going to look for people who do what they're looking for. So, you know, as simple as it might sound, you know, step one is kind of like listing somewhere prominently on your website. Here are the things that we do. Um, and and so that that's like number one kind of no brainer. And then the second thing um, was was that you know if if you're going to be on social media you need to be posting on it if you're going to create a blog you need to be keeping it active um, so many of these uh, small businesses that we've chatted with they've got you know somebody said hey you should go do a blog and they're like oh that's great and they created it <laughs> and here it is five years later and they have that you know blog from 2000 my my first blog post 2016 my my next blog post 2019 and there's been nothing since okay yeah. Trust me, that is not helpful at all, right? Um, so we, we discovered a lot of lo a lot of kind of nuggets like that. Um, but the other thing, and, and then I'll I'll shut up, uh, is um, a lot of small business owners. I mean, they're whether whether they've got you know whether it's a sole proprietor, I'm just doing everything myself, or if I've got a team of three or four or five people, most of them just have no idea how to do it. They don't know what to do. They don't, I mean, you know, hey, I hired somebody to create my website, but it's not an ongoing, you know, development thing. So if I need to go update a logo or add a new service page or a landing page, they just don't have any clue, like how to do that, when to do that, how to, where to do that, why they should do that. And so, you know, they're too busy, you know, quote unquote, running their business to think about the marketing and how that's being communicated. So I, I think there's a huge opportunity out there for some company, right? Just to go, hey, we can help you do the basics. So, yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. Well, tell us a bit more about your motivation. What really gets you up and keeps you going every day? And then tell us a bit about the motivation behind VARC Solutions. Interesting question. Yeah. Um, my motivation, I, honestly, you know, I've kind of reflected on this at different times in my career. 
is, is really just to make sure that I'm continuing to be a value to other people. Um, you know, so, cause like, I mean, I, I've worked with a lot of people in my career that are, that are not happy, right. They're in a, you know, a job they feel like is not going anywhere and, you know, things like that. And, and I, I think in almost all those cases, it comes down to, uh, number one, not continuing to learn, okay, not continuing to grow. Um, but secondly, you know, you get in, you get in a position where you're just kind of doing the same thing day in and day out. And at some point you just lose that. Um, I don't know, you lose that idea of, of, of actually helping, of actually creating value um, through what you're doing. And so for me, you know, what's, what's kept me motivated is I, I think in every position I've had, um, I, I've really attempted at the core to make myself um, obsolete. Okay? Mm. In other words, I, I've, I've tried to have a team, you know, that I'm working with, that I'm empowering, that I'm training, I'm educating, I'm passing on responsibilities, I'm transferring ownership so that not that I can just sit around and watch everybody work and go, isn't this great, you know, having a team doing all the work. But but by doing those things, it allows me to contribute actually at a much higher level in more important areas, you know. Yeah. So so I don't know if that makes sense, but but at the end of the day, it's like I want to continue adding value beyond what I did yesterday, um, and really growing a team to 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 keep growing as well. So. There we go. I love it. Well, let's go ahead and jump into dreams and goals. What's your vision? for your life and i don't know if you cast the vision for the company but for the company <laughs> you know I'm, I'm part of it i'm it's like robin and i work together you know pretty closely on on where we're trying to go and you know interestingly enough and and, I, and i'll i'll definitely get get on the personal stuff here in a second but but you know my role is one in in, in that i'm here to support robin right i'm here to help her get where she's going and that's how I can add add value beyond what she's already doing and you know ultimately kind of like full circle to the beginning of the conversation at some point she wants to be able to retire <laughs> yeah you know, at some point um you know she wants to be able to, to eventually you know sell the company and um you know and and really recoup a lot of the you know a, a pretty good return on on a business that she's you know, given blood, sweat, and tears for the, for the last 25 years and plus. And so that is part of the vision, right? Is just, is getting that business to the point where it's not relying completely on her. We've got a staff that's empowered to do stuff. And, and, you know, if, if we had, you know, a company that, that called us up one day and said, Hey, I, you know, we'd like to talk to you about acquiring your business. I mean, one of the first questions that, that they would ask, and I would ask the same thing is, does, does does Robin need to be here for the next five years to make that happen, or can she literally do the handoff and and now the company keeps running without her? And so that at the underlying you know core level is part of of what we're trying to do together. So that's from a business standpoint, that is the vision. Um, from a personal standpoint, you know, honestly, I've got like uh, really, I've got kind of like a uh, a general. Uh, goal, so to speak, and then I've got some specifics, right? So generally speaking, um, my vision is really to stay healthy, um, stay active, stay strong, you know, both mentally and physically, um, because I, you know, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm in the, 
let's just say I'm in the mid fifties. And, and when you start getting into to that age bracket, we all have parents who are in some ways struggling, right? Um, I've got in-laws and I've got, you know, uh, people that a, a lot of the folks that work in our company that have aging parents and, you know, they're, they're struggling with health for a variety of, of factors, right? One is, you know, there's dementia, there's just physical weakness and, yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, at some point it's going to happen to all of us, but, but, you know, putting that off for as long as possible is a pretty good thing in my opinion. Uh, my dad is, is, is scared to death about getting old. I mean, he's like, he, he, you know, he's seen it right with, with his parents. He's seen that with, you know, aunts and uncles where, you know, dementia sets in, um, you know, Alzheimer's, you know, is, it is tough to go through and, you know, he doesn't want to be that person that's in that position with other people having to, you know, go through that as well. So that's just kind of a general thing for me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not scared of that. I know it's going to happen eventually. You know, we all get 90 at some point, we all get a hundred at some point, right? Hopefully. Not me. And it's, it's going to happen. <laughs> you know. But in the meantime, I would like to stay, you know, physically fit and mentally healthy and, and, and flexible and, and feel like, you know, I'm stronger at 70 than I am at 60. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that's an ideal and it may not happen, but that's part of the goal. Um, but uh, here's another one just to kind of think of. Um, and I think it's a, a pretty big problem in our society too, is just um, keeping a healthy balance between work and family and relationships and just life in general. Um, I, I, I've been in those roles with a company where it's, it's workaholic, you know, it's, uh, I'm working 50, 60, 70 hours. I've, I've talked with, you know, business owners that, you know, are working 70, 80 hours a week and their relationships and their family and their kids are suffering. Um, you know, and, and that's, that seems backwards to me, you know, it's like the whole thing about living to work versus working to live. And um, I, I think it's really important to maintain a, a really healthy balance, you know, do your work, you know, do a good job and, and, and work when you're working, but at the same time, you know, make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. Um, you know, if, if I didn't have my wife and I didn't have my kids, what's it all for? I mean, I, yeah. I just, you know, putting money into a bank account so that I can, you know, um, spend it. I mean, there's not a lot of meaning behind that. So um, I think it's really important to, to stop and smell the roses and really make sure that you're, you know, big uh, spending time on the, on the relationships. And you can't do that if you're always working. So um, anyways, I've got some specific ones, but I'll just pause for a second. I mean, what do you, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts about that? I mean, I love it, man. I, um, I'm kind of in that phase of uh, I'm grinding real hard right now, newly married. So obviously I had, a, I had a podcast this morning, went to work, two podcasts right after work. I'll be done around 7.30, right? And the first podcast was at seven. And so, you know, I'm probably pushing that 55, 60, 65 hour weeks, but I'm like, the second I have a kid, it's done. Like, I don't, wh whatever progress I've made, you know, because I'm pushing hard right now because I want to be at a certain financial point, whatever it may be when I start having kids. So life's a little bit less stressful. But I'm like, I am not going to compromise time 
with my kid to work. Like I'm really trying to fight for that. And I'm working so hard so that I have mm-hmm. the financial freedom and stability and time with my kid later, as opposed to just time with my kid and maybe being stressed about finances like my parents were their whole life. And so I agree with you completely with the healthy balance. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little encouragement um, too. (laughs) And I know sometimes I'm sure this goes the other direction, but I I give you some encouragement too, in that, you know, I think it's really important to create something now that's sustainable. Okay. So in other words, like whatever you want to be doing in three years, start doing that now and, and make that sustainable. Because if you get into that pattern where you are, um, just it's all about work and, and, and driving and driving and driving. Hey, there's a time and place for that. Everybody's got, everybody has seasons in their, in their career where that's maybe more important than others. But at the same time, it's also hard to turn it off. Yeah. You know? And so when I was, when I was younger, so I've been married for coming up on 27 years and I've got um, twin daughters that are 20 years old. They're in college. I've got a son that's 18 um, in high school. And it it didn't, that, 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 that suggestion about having a healthy um, work-life balance and that suggestion of making relationships very important to, you know, at least in my world, it's very important now. Um, I didn't, I didn't start my career with that mindset. I was actually quite the opposite. Um, I was a workaholic when I started out. I mean, I was working a lot and, uh, and I was in a position too, where I was traveling like three weeks out of every month. And, and that was fine when I was single, yeah. <laughs> to your point, right? uh, I was fine when I was single, but when I got married, now my wife wants me home a little bit. Right. And, but it really hit me when I, when my daughters were, they're twin daughters, but, um, it really hit me when they were like four years old. And I remember, you know, so they start build, they start coming out with their relationships or, you know, verbally, they can communicate a little bit more. And um, I just remember, you know, being on the phone on the road one night with my wife and, you know, we were chatting and, 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 and she basically was saying, you know, Hey, all the kids are asking, you know, where's dad? <laughs> yep. And, and I am on the road, you know, with that plan being back to back to back. And so, it really was a big wake up call for me to realize that, um, you know, I needed to create a more sustainable work-life balance. And, and I don't think that's something you just go, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do that later. Cause mm-hmm. I think later is always later, you know, so, you know, it's, it's just way too easy to just keep putting off that work-life balance for the future because, well, Hey, you know, they're, they're babies. They don't even know what's going on. Also, I'll keep working. Hey, it's okay. They've got mom at home, you know, or whoever's at home, right? Helping. Um, so I, I think it's, uh, it's something that we have to be really mindful of that, um, whether you, you know, do it now or later, you need to start working towards that, um, that balance. All right, Brad, you're going to make me quit my job and go buy a business. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not the fix. <laughs> That is not the solution. Do do you know many business owners that have a life? I I don't. I don't. Most business owners are working their tail off. And then after they get home, they work more. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. That is very true. But when the business owners get you in their business, you create the systems and the processes so they can remove themselves 
And then it's a yeah. bit better on the work-life balance. So I'll just go buy a business and then I'll poach you from VARC Solutions after y'all's yeah, exit. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, cool. Brad, tell me about the top one to two skills that you need to develop right now to make some of these dreams and goals come true. So, you know, de develop, I'd also just kind of reinforce, um, I, like, so when it comes to the, the things that I do well, and also the things that I need to keep doing well, is focusing. Um, so I'd say focus and being persistent is probably, are probably the big two. And, and, and so why is that? Um, we are so busy these days. I mean, and again, I don't know many people that are, are not busy, right? They're busy, busy, busy. Um, there's tons of distractions, um, you know, whether it's, you know, a uh, hundred emails a day that you're having to respond to, or the phone calls or the, the demands on your time, whatever. Um, that is the hardest thing in my opinion to do well is just to focus on, you know, the right things, focus on what you can do. It's too easy to say, kind of say yes, yes, yes to everybody. Um, but the more you say yes, yes, yes the more likely is that you're going to do nine of those 10 things poorly versus, you know, that one thing very, very effectively and, and executing well. And so I think that's, it's actually one of my skills, but it's also a daily challenge. You know, uh, I'm good at what I do. And so I like to do it. Right. So when somebody says, Hey, can you do this thing that's kind of within my wheelhouse? I want to do it, but I've got to focus on, um, one saying no and really focusing on what I can do, you know, what's achievable um, um, so that I am effective. And, and so that's probably the biggest one. Uh, it's just so easy to get off track these days and, and be chasing down rabbit holes. And, and that doesn't seem to lead positively anywhere. <laughs> you know, it, you'll be busy. You'll be busy. Um in, in fact, you know, on that, on that point, you know, like one of the things that I see, this is, this is, this is going to be a rabbit hole, maybe a little bit off topic, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, in, in my office, there's, there's a lot of women, right? There's a lot of females um, in my wife's company. There's a lot of females. And one of the things that I kind of hear pretty consistently is just that feeling of inadequacy, right? I, like I can't do, you know, this stuff very well you know, or feeling like, you know, beating themselves up a lot. And I think part of, part of the challenge with that is, is not focusing, is not focusing on, you know, that one thing or those two or three things that you do well, and just, just sticking with that, right? When you, uh, when you try to do a lot of different things, especially that you're not gifted at or not skilled at, when you try to, you know, the whole um, focusing on your strengths, not focusing on your weaknesses, you know, when people are trying to do all things for all people, um, it can only lead to feelings of um, crap. I'm not getting a lot of this stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> so I think that that's probably a big one. And then, um, kind of like the you you asked for it's like a, two skills. I think the second one is is persistence um, with anything. And, and you know this, Timothy, too. Just in, you're training for a marathon. You don't just show up on the day of the marathon and do well. Um, people that do that are in pain for weeks and weeks and weeks after that. So it really does take persistent effort. You know, you've got a goal, right? You're, you're working towards something. You just need to keep working at it. 
every day, working at it every day, working at it every day, and you will get stronger and you will get faster and you will have that endurance, right? Um, but I mean, just take that concept and apply it to um, a, a career, um, you know, being a mom, being a dad, being a husband, being a wife, what have you. Um, the only way you get better, can, you know, over the long term is just by consistently and persistently, you know, working at it. Mm. Yeah. I think uh, focus is easy to have it elude you because um, I think something for me when I've lost focus, it's like you hit a challenge and then you try to think of creative solutions as opposed to persisting through the problem. And so you start to go down those different rabbit holes or like you were saying, something that is in your purview but is not effective as a means to your goal comes into play and you see an opportunity to serve somebody and we're service-hearted people, all that good stuff, but it's not your highest and best use. And so yeah. those two things are like, I, I really resonate with both of them. You know, what's interesting is I had a cat, I had a chat with a guy um, a couple years ago and it was, uh, you know, one of these businesses that, that we are in relationship with, right. You know, they don't own us. We don't owe them. It's more like a vendor, kind of like a partner that we work with. And I remember reaching out to him one day to say, hey, have you thought about adding this and this and this? You know, some things that we kind of do or that we could help with. And he, he, he was he was um, very short with me, but in a good way. He's like, Brad, we, you know, we've spent a lot of time working on our vision and this is not a fit. And I know that if I even go down this road with you, it's going to take me off track. It's going to distract me from our real mission. And, and ultimately I'm going to be miserable at the end. And he's like, so I'm just going to have to politely say no. I mean, it, and it was like, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Huh? How many of us should be doing the saying the same thing when people call us and say, have you thought about, can you do, um, you know, would you like an opportunity to, you know, fill in the blank? I mean, for me again, I mean, that was, it was, it was a little hard to hear in the moment, but at the, you know, uh, you know, after some reflection, I'm like, this guy's got it right. I mean, I wish he would have said yes, but <laughs> yeah, he's got the right mindset to be truly effective in the area that he wants to go. Yeah. By saying no, by saying no. Saying no. Isn't that crazy? It really is. Specifically because the ideas seem so good. It's like, oh, this seems like it could be so good. And so you don't create some of that FOMO, but you got to say no and you got to stay consistent and focused on where you're trying to go if you actually want to get there. So, yeah, there it is. Well, if there were one or two people you could meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take that next step towards your dreams and goals, who would they be and how would they help you? Very cool. You know, I'm I'm not going to list a specific person, but I I'm gonna I'm gonna use the second part of yours, which was the the type of person, um, because I've got a couple people in my life that kind of fit this model or, or fit this, you know, fit that answer. Um, and, and really, my answer to that is is really surrounding myself with people who are encouraging. Okay. Mm. Um, there's a lot of people out there that are discouraging, right? There's a lot of people out there that want to poke holes in your dream. Okay. Talk about your podcast, right? There's people out there that just want to poke holes in the dream because 
they don't think it's a fit for them. Okay. Maybe they don't think it's a good idea because they don't have the skills to do it. Um, you know, I, I've, I've talked with my daughter, one, one in particular at length about this kind of stuff, because she's got a dream, right? She wants to, you know, go into the Airbnb business and, 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 and she wants to do, you know, work, do wealth management or whatever. She's, she's got some dreams. And, and if I kind of speak into that and just go, well, are you sure? Have you thought about that? You know, what if you fail? Um, all I'm doing is seeding doubt and, and seeding, you know, self, self-doubt self where at some point she's going to go, oh yeah, you're probably right. I can't do it. And I hate that. That drives me insane. Um, so when, when you've got people in your life that are encouraging you know, look, you don't have to be like, oh, you can, you know, you can do it. You're amazing. And you, you're you never going to have a problem, you know, pursuing this dream of yours, but you need people around you to say, hey, you can do it. Give it a try. It's worth pursuing. Um, what can I do to help? You know, as opposed to, I don't know, it uh, doesn't sound smart to me. I mean, you know, it's like, nobody wants to hear that. And, uh, and I know, I know from a from a dream perspective, right? You don't want to share your dream with people who are dream killers. Yep. Um, I remember. Um, I, I remember there was there was a thing on on um, promoted a couple of years ago called Masterclass. I don't know if, I don't know if you ever heard of that, but it was one of those subscription services where they've got these 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 masters in different areas that that talk about their 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 craft. And I remember one in particular. It was uh, was it Sarah Blakely, that's the uh, founder of um, Banks. Banks, right? Yeah. And, and she and I, don't, I hope I'm getting this reasonably accurately. This is a couple of years ago, but I remember she said something about she spent a year working on her design, her plan, her everything before she ever mentioned it to anybody because she knew that if she started telling all of her friends about it before she had it fully worked out, that what she would hear is stupid idea, not going to work, couldn't work, too expensive, people aren't going to buy it, right? She was going to just be flooded with negativity, you know, negativity, and eventually she would just give up. So she's like, oh, no, I'm going to I'm going to master plan this out so that I can go and come and say, no, I've got the plan. I've got it figured out. I've already worked out the economic model. I've already worked on the technology. Right. Yeah. But, but wouldn't it be great in reverse, you know, if we had people around us that we could share our dreams with and they would actually encourage us and say, you can, and what can I do to help? I mean, Seems like to me, ultimately, that would be better. <laughs> so. I'm right there with you. But I need more people like that in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. I think um, it's funny how long or how far a kind word will go with people just because we're so used to hearing that negativity and being drowned with that negativity. When somebody is unusually kind, a lot of people will either be suspicious or extremely touched just because there's such an absence of it. So surrounding yourself with people that are encouraging is a really great move. And you are going to be like the five people that you spend your time around. So not only will they bring you down, but then you will start to discourage other people's dreams because your dreams have been kicked and you've limited yourself. So now you start to limit other people projecting your own beliefs onto them. And so, yeah, I, uh, I support it. <laughs> I support it for well, sure. 
And, and you know, and how many of those people are in our own families? Oh my gosh! Don't get me started. The ones that are the the dream killers. Um, oh yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's it's your mom, right? It's your dad. It's your <laughs> it's your it's your brother, your sister. You know, it it all too often times it's it's very close to home where that where that those negative words are feeding into you. And, and those are also the ones that have the biggest impact. So, you know, if word for the wise of anybody out there, that's got um, either a dream or is in a relationship with somebody else that has a dream is, is there's enough people in this world that are going to say you can't do it Um, in your family, be that one that says they can. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, now we got our thriving three. And our first question is what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Mm -hmm. Pick one of the three. Okay, favorite book, podcast, or movie. Um, so I'm gonna go with book, and I would say it's "Can't Hurt Me" by David Goggins. Good one. Have you ever heard of that one? Well, I've heard but, it's really good. I haven't read it myself, actually. It's a good book. I mean, I, I've got a, I've got a number of like best, you know, best in, in the world kind of favorite books of mine. But um, but David Goggins is is a one. I mean, you, you could you could love him or hate him. You know, he he's he's not the the cleanest speaking person in the world. But you know, if you get past that, it, it's good stuff. Um, but he he, in summary, I'm not I'm not going to summarize his book. You know, you go go read it. But um, but in summary, um he he proves the model that anybody can do anything if you just work your butt off you know it doesn't matter how you know dumb you are uh educated you are um how much money you have or don't have i mean he 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 truly does prove the model that you can change your life you can go from anywhere you happen to be to anywhere you ultimately want to be if you just commit to it and and work your tail off you know, I mean, and he's got a great story, man. I mean, he's, he's, you know, gone from 300 plus pounds to a Navy SEAL and and now he's just a total badass, <laughs> you know, in so many different ways, but he had to want it. And then he had to work on it and work and work and work and work and work. But, you know, anybody that's kind of sitting there saying, you know, poor me, I don't have what it takes. Um, you know, you're, you've already failed, you know, you gotta, you gotta flip it around and just do it. Hmm. Yeah, now the man runs 200-mile races and breaks the pull-up record. Absolutely. <laughs> like Absolutely. a boss. You know, in an afternoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did he do in the morning? He probably did a two-hour leg workout. Uh, yep, yep. Well, cool, Brad. What's one way you like to take care of yourself? You know, I for me, taking care of myself comes down to relationships. So – you know, I mean, again, I work really hard. Um, I I try to take breaks every once in a while. I try to, you know, relax and, and you know, and, and veg out in front of the TV, you know, so that I'm quote unquote not always working. But at the end of the day, um, for me, it's relationships. And so, like, for example, I've got some guys that I get together with, um, you know, not every Saturday, but I'd like to, you know, I like to get together with them frequently on Saturdays and just go have breakfast, have coffee and and be in relationship. And that keeps me sane. It keeps me, um, uh, you know, it keeps me, um, you know, fresh. 
you know, just having conversations with people who are different than me, um, you know, they've got their own lives, they've got their own job, they've got their own, you know, family stuff. And, and, and they, they're reading to your point, they're reading different books. They're listening to different podcasts. They're watching different movies. Right. And just having conversations with folks that I care about and, and vice versa to me, I mean, that's like ultimate self-care is, is just being in, being in positive relationships with other people that kind of feed you and allow you to feed them. Yep. Yeah. I gotcha. Well, tell us about, um, we're about to jump into limiting beliefs. So what is one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life, if any? Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I'd say probably one of the biggest limiting beliefs is I can do this by myself. Ooh. So, yeah, I mean, because, you know, one, and I, and I don't know if this is, this is definitely not purely a guy thing. But I would say stereotypically, I think it is more of a guy thing. Um, just, you know, that whole ego of, um, you know, I don't need other people to help me. Uh, I can do this. Uh, I'm good. You don't need help. Uh, but I, I would say consistently in my career and in my relationships and in my marriage and all those other things, when I have said, I don't need anybody else, I can do this on my own. Um, it's led to problems every time. Yeah, and I mean, it makes sense because we're made to be in relationship. Like, <laughs> we're not made to be in isolation. And so it's so funny. I think this is the funniest thing because it happens across the board. Whenever life is going rough, it's probably because you're trying to do something alone. Like when it comes to finances, when it comes to health, when it comes to your intimate relationships, when it comes to everything. Like when I look at insurance companies as a model, it's like they literally work by pooling people's funds together and then investing it and that's how they can kind of mitigate the risk of having these huge expenditures right they yeah. are producing so much income off the pooled funds they can cover the claims that are made i'm just like if people were just willing to bear the burden of financial stress together more often in life and we had a more trusting kind of unified community around us yeah. like we could literally invest together and it would change so many people's lives because you may have an extra 300 a month, but if you get 10 people together and now you guys have an extra 3000 a month, it's like, you can start to do something with that, that you can't do with 300 a month. Right. And so it just blows my mind how often we're trying to do stuff alone when we're made to be in community. hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, you, you, you ever heard that phrase? Uh, well, it's not a phrase, but just the, the comparison of like in independence versus interdependence. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Seven no, habits of highly effective people. There, there you go. It's like in, in a marriage, right? If, if I'm not leaning on my spouse for the things that she's gifted at and, and vice versa, one, we're both working harder than we need to. Um, and we're probably going to be frustrated. We're probably going to be, you know, nipping at each other. Um, whereas, whereas, and so like my, my wife and I, um, in, in the, the church that we go to here in, uh, I'm actually in, like in the Dallas area, we, uh, we basically, uh, volunteer on occasion in this marriage study. And one of the things that they talk about in this marriage study is, you know, there, there's, there's like, there's you and there's her, and then there's the, the both of you. Okay. We're the us. Right. And it, you, you, you're not 
you are a distinct, you know, people, right? You are you and, and she's herself and, 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 and that's a whole person, right? But when you come together and you share each other's gifts and you help one another and you rely on one another, um, that's that whole interdependence piece. Um, the whole world works better, right? The relationship works better. Uh, the business works better. Everything works better when you, you you're you're not dependent, and I think that's the other key, right? You're not dependent on this other person. Like you could go on your own, right, and, and hopefully survive. Dependence is not a great thing, I think, in in relationships. But that interdependent part, where I'm choosing to rely on you, is probably a better way of saying it. Mm. If I choose to rely on um, you know, a spouse, if I choose to rely on a friend for help, um, good things happen. Yeah. yeah, for sure. All right, we got one last question for you. What is your favorite belief about yourself? Wow, my favorite belief about myself. Mm. That is a tough one. My favorite belief about myself. Um, you know, I, I would say my favorite belief is probably it's all going to be fine. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's going to be fine. It's going to be good. You know, it, it'll work itself out. My, my, uh, my, you know, I think my kids hate it when I say this sometimes, but like, you know, people get all worked up, right? They get all worked up about, well, what about this? And what about this? And have you thought about that? And, and, and what if this happens? And what if that happens? And I'm like, look, it'll work it it'll work itself out and so yep. just that that, uh, that mindset is really what it's about is uh, it, it makes my life a lot easier i can tell you that much because i mean you, you know people that you talk to that are always stressing and worrying about all these things that never happen um is frustrating right it it's not fun it's not fun to be around and uh, yeah so i think that would have to be it just this the the belief, if you will, that everything's going to be fine, even if it's not fine, right? I mean, I, this is not about, um, you know, denying reality, right? It's, it's not like, hey, um, you know, you know, cancer doesn't exist. This is not about saying I'm always going to be healthy, right? There are going to be challenges in life. It's not always going to be okay. But if we spend all of our time worrying about all these things that most of which will never, ever happen, I think is, is kind of silly. So I'd say that's probably it. Yeah. There we go. Well, Brad, that's all we got for you, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. You know, it's like, uh, the, the, these things are fun and, and really, uh, Timothy, I mean, just, it's great to just have a conversation with you, you know, like yeah. who, who knew, who knew we'd have this conversation. <laughs> for sure. I'm right there with you. Well, where should people reach you, reach VARC solutions if they want to know more? Uh, you know, I, I'd say two things. One, uh, so our, our company, right, is VARC Solutions. So it's VARCSolutions.com. But hey, I love to connect. So, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. That's probably where I hang out the most. So if you want to, you know, look look me up on LinkedIn, it's Brad White, VARC Solutions. You'll probably find me and I'd love to connect. There we go. Well, all those links will be down in the show notes. Again, Brad, thank you for coming on the show. Guys, thank you for listening. If you want to know more, check out the show notes. We will see you guys on the next one. And on that note, we're out. 
Hey there, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a review and send it to a friend. Don't forget, head over to workwithtimmydouglas.com to get your list of life-changing questions and our free book, Impact Ignition, Live a Purposeful Life. See you tomorrow for another show.